Hey there, family. Welcome back to a whole new podcast here at U-Turn Orlando. We're so psyched to have you guys. For all those of you who want to have more information on our church, go ahead to www.myuturnorlando.com. We love you guys. Enjoy. God, you know, that's so great uh, because my wife made the best of it because this is the speaker that she actually hears herself in. And so she couldn't hear herself. And so even though she didn't hear herself, she was still able to lead worship. Amen. Come on, give her a good hand. So um, it's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. Amen. So uh, my message is going to be shorter than usual. So if this is your first time here, this is normally how we don't do service. Uh, we don't normally do service like this. Uh, it's a little longer, and the worship is a little longer. And uh, so if you want to experience uh, what it really is to have service here at U-Turn, next week would be an amazing time to come back and really experience it. So uh, everything is super short today. Amen. But how many of you know God could still move in a short time, right? And God can still speak in a short time. Amen. So today, uh, I'm going to be recapping on, on, on a message that I preached in the beginning of our year, and um, it is something that I really believe that God was speaking to us, right? Giving us direction in January. But today, we're going to be talking about, uh, the message is entitled, A Prophetic Checkup. A Prophetic Checkup, right? Because sometimes we hear a word, right? And sometimes God speaks directly to us. And then throughout the year, because of whatever busyness and jobs and family and vacations, we forget the word that God spoke to us. How many have ever been there? Right? And then by the end of the year, you're there in December. And then normally that's when you begin to, you know, start looking up what God uh, spoke to you. Or you start re-listening to the message that God spoke to you. And at that point, the whole year is gone. Right? We don't want to be like that. I don't want to be like that. And so what we want to do, we want to take this service and we want to go ahead and see, uh, give you a checkup, right, on what God spoke. Amen. So let's pray. But before we pray, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, and then we'll pray after that. And some of you remember this verse, but if you weren't here, this is a good catch up on what God has been speaking to us this year. So it says, prepare your minds for what? Action. And exercise what? Self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. Next verse. It says, so you must live as what? God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your own ways of living to satisfy your what? Own desires. You didn't know any better then. You know now, though. Come on, somebody. Verse 15. But now you must be holy in everything that you do, just as God, who chose you, is holy. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, God, God, for your word. And I pray, God, that you would think through me and speak through me. And God, I pray that you would open up our hearts today, God, that we would hear you so clearly in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How many of you have a car, a vehicle of any kind of sort? Amen. I mean, you know that many times we don't set an alarm on our phones, right? Right? Normal people don't. Just kidding. Uh, to see when the next oil change happens 
right? Normally what happens is, right, we're driving, and most of the time it's in the most inconvenient time, right, that a little red light pops up, right, and it has a little oil can dripping, and it lets you know that what? You need an oil change. What is that? What is the car doing? It is giving you a checkup. It is giving you an alarm. Many times, if you are in the bad habit of not putting gas in your car, right, and many times, for me at least, right, you go inside of your car, and you are in a rush, you're running late, and then you forgot that you needed to put gas. And so now you're in a rush, right? The thing is about 20 miles away, and you're already running late, and then all of a sudden you get a little ding. And then you check your, your gas, and you realize that that little ding means that you are out of fuel, or you're about to be out of fuel. How many have ever been there? Well, some of us, let me just give you a little checkup. Some of us were running on empty. Spiritually, you are running on empty. And I really believe that God wants to use this message to let you know that you need to get filled up again. I really believe that God wants to use this message that he wants to begin to tell you, you don't need an oil change, but certain things need to change in order for you to fulfill the word that God gave to you this year. Can somebody say amen? It's a checkup. And that checkup is amazing because if we don't fill up the car, guess what's going to happen? We are going to get abandoned. We're going to be stranded. If we don't get a checkup, the engine is going to lock and that car is not going to work. And my friend, this is a prophetic checkup for us. If we don't change, if we don't allow God to fill us up, my friend, there is some, some people are going to experience a disastrous outcome. Spiritually speaking. And how many know it always starts spiritually and then it happens naturally. It always happens first spiritually. God always tries to deal with us spiritually. God always tries to warn us spiritually. But if we don't listen sooner or later, my friend, it's going to manifest naturally. It's going to manifest naturally. I'm so, I'm so excited about this because I love people. I love people. I love when the car gives me the heads up. And so I'm going to go through some of the points that we talked about in January, and then we're going to examine ourselves. And the first thing that I believe that God spoke to us this year is that we have to prepare our minds for action. We've got to prepare our minds for action. And many times what we do, we write down goals, and we never put action behind it. And it's July right now, right? And you heard this message, many of you, and if you haven't, this is a good time to actually start doing this. Many times we think that goal setting is just writing it down, putting it aside, and not doing nothing. But biblical preparation teaches us that it says, listen, you need to prepare, but you need to prepare to actually do it. To actually do it. Preparing is not enough. Writing the goals down is not enough. Say, hey, I want, I'm trying to pray more. I'm trying to get closer to God. I'm trying to come to church more. My friend, do you know that the word of God does not teach us to try? It teaches us to train. 
He doesn't say try to be godly. No, no. The Bible literally says train yourself to be godly. He doesn't say try. No, no, when you pray. Don't try to pray when you pray, when you fast, when you share your faith, when you are trying to live godly. You need to train yourself to do it. Not try. Because how I many you know we try to do everything and we fail? You know, trying, you, know you know what it gives us? It gives us permission to not try. Well, I'm trying to do it. I'm trying to stop smoking weed. I'm trying to stop smoking cigarettes. I'm trying to go to church. How about you train? How about you train yourself? You know what training means? Training means it has a, a, a factor that is called discipline. When you are dealing with somebody that is an Olympian or an athlete or somebody that is trying to get to a certain mark physically, what do they do? They train. And many times, these people that train physically they train when they don't feel like training. Why? Because they're trying to obtain a goal. People that are trying to get in shape, they don't, they don't, and the people that actually get in shape, they don't, they don't try, they actually train. They get disciplined. We got to prepare our minds for what? Action. We got to do it. Let me just, let me just preface this, right? Sometimes you look at pastors and people that are faithful and we assume many times that they don't have problems, that they're not busy. Oh, the reason why you're able to come to church every Sunday is because you really don't have problems. You're a pastor. Can I tell you something? The fact that my wife and I are pastors, are a, a real, there's a big red target, not only on me and my wife, but on my children. So if you think you've got, going, you've got some stuff going on, can you imagine? I used to think the same thing about my pastor. Oh, he does that full time. There, there's nothing wrong with him. Absolutely not. Sometimes we look at people that are faithful. We look at people with titles, people that come and we assume that they're not busy. We assume that they, don't want, they want to get up every, every morning to set up this church. No, we all want to sleep in. Shocker. We all sometimes don't feel like coming to church, but the difference between a person that is faithful the difference between a person that actually obtains the prize, the goal, the vision that God has given them, the difference is, is training versus trying. Sometimes you got to make yourself do it. Sometimes you got to make yourself do it. We prepare our minds for action. Look at James chapter 4, verse 17. And many times we think procrastination, we do it. Why? Because... We don't look at procrastination as a sin. But my friend, if procrastination is stopping you from doing what God has called you to do, my friend, that thing is a sin. Let's put up James chapter 4, verse 17. It says this. It says this as he puts it up. It says, remember. Everybody say remember. It is a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. I'm going to say that again because some of you pass, pass by that verse when you were reading the Bible. It says, remember. Everybody say, remember. It is a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. That is like the junk drawer of like, hey, if it's not listed in the Bible, if you know that it's wrong for you to do it, that's a sin. Everybody got that junk drawer in the house, right? Yeah. 
Where do I put this at? Oh, you could put it there. Oh, it doesn't fit there. Okay, just put it in that drawer over there. Well, that, this verse right here fits in that, in that cupboard right there because this one's not listed. There's certain things that are just plain wrong, right? Because we know we ought not to do that. And yet we do it because oh, it's not listed in the Bible. But what is God telling you? Do you feel convicted? Are people that are over you telling you that this is not a good plan? This is leading. This is going to lead to your, your, to your destruction. And James says this, remember, my friend, remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. And then not do it. You know, anytime that I messed up, I knew I was messing up. It wasn't like, oh, I didn't know. There's some certain things, right? Probably like 5% of the stuff that I did growing up in the Lord because I didn't know, right? But if you've been in the Lord for a while, you know. You know. And that's why Jesus is saying you need to prepare your mind for action. You need to prepare your mind to discipline, to let go of certain things. You need to prepare your mind to put in certain things inside of your life. Amen? So here's the prophetic checkup. Have you put action to your plan? Some of you, your plan was to get closer to Jesus. Is that happening? Are you closer to Jesus right now? Some of you got said, told you you need to move more in faith. Are you moving more in faith? Are you moving less in faith? Some of you say, man, I want to be more committed. I want to be committed to the things of God. I want to be more committed to the house of God. Is that happening? Or are you less committed? Amen? Amen. Number two, it says practice. Everybody say practice. Another way to say that is exercise or be sober-minded. Look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7. It says, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and be sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. For the sake of your prayers. For the sake of your prayers. What is that letting us know? That if we are not self-controlled, if we are not sober-minded, there's a good possibility that our prayers may not be answered. And that's why Peter says, hey, listen, you want to live this way. You want to be sober-minded. You want to exercise the things that I'm asking you to exercise. Why? Because your prayers might be hindered if you don't. Your prayers may not be answered if you don't. Many of us, we think that prayers automatically are going to be answered. No, most of the time, most of the time, it's contingent on what we do. Our prayers are answered contingent on what God asks us to do. If we don't do what God asks us to do, or if we don't do what the word of God already said we should do, then most likely God will not answer that prayer. You know God is a God of contracts. That's another way to say contingency. He says, if you do this, I'll do that. But if you don't do this, I can't do that. And you might be saying, why can't God do it? Can't God do everything? God cannot go against his word. And he will never go against his word. So if he says, hey, listen, you ought not to do that because this is what's going to happen and we do it, my friend, you best believe that God is going to fulfill his word. Sometimes we say, well, God is a loving God. God is absolutely a loving God. That's why he gave you his word. 
so that we are not ignorant of what He wants from us. And people be saying sometimes, oh, God is an understanding God. He absolutely is an understanding God. God understands His Word. He understands what He already put in His Word, and it's our responsibility to know what that is. To know what that is. Everybody say practice. Be sober-minded. Amen? If we're not sober-minded, that means we are drunk with things that are not of God. If we're not sober-minded. Naturally speaking, when somebody's not sober-minded, they're drunk. Spiritually speaking, we could actually be drunk and we could actually be doing stuff that we never intended to do. Why? Because we're not spiritually minded. The Bible calls it heavenly minded. Think, thinking on those things that are from above. If we're not thinking on those things that are above, and you might be asking, well, how do I think on things that are above? You go to his word. And if we're not thinking biblically, my friend, sooner or later, you are going to be drunk in the things of this world. You are going to get drunk with the things that the enemy wants to place inside of your heart. You are going to be drunk many times with the lust of the flesh, with the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, and you are not going to be walking in the spirit like God has called us to. You're going to be drunk with that. And many times we're going to confuse lust with love because we're not spiritually minded. We're not sober-minded. Amen? So here's a prophetic checkup. In the last six months, have you been on alert? Have you been on alert? Have you seen how the enemy is trying to attack you? Have you been on alert? Or have you or I been walking this walk very casually? You know, for us believers to walk this Christian walk casually is like you being in war with the worst enemy and you just walking casually, not armed, not, not having an armor on, just having a little cup of coffee in your underwear, just chilling in the forest while you know there is an enemy out there that is trying to kill you. So have you been alert? That's what it means when he says you need to be alert. Why do you need to be alert? Because you are in a fight. You are in a battle. Let me just give you this tidbit. Because this is, so, this, is, this is something I learned. You know, in, in Genesis, the enemy came in like a snake. Everybody say snake. snake. Now, to us, we know the story. We know, oh, the snake means the devil. But the devil will always come, and he'll show us, he'll, he'll reveal himself like he's supposed to be there. A snake in the garden is nothing unusual. And many times the enemy will come inside of our lives like he belongs there. He's not going to come with horns and a big old red tail and a pitchfork and says, I'm the devil, I'm trying to attack you. No, he's going to come like he's supposed to be there. Well, so when Eve saw a snake, that's nothing unusual. If we go to a forest and we run into a snake, you're going to be like, well, that's not shocking. A snake is supposed to be there. And so when the enemy comes, we say, well, that's not shocking. That sounds great. That's what's supposed to happen. But he always comes that way to deceive you, to make you think that what you are doing is right. But my friend, let me just say this. Just because it's right does not mean that it's God. 
And when I mean right, just because it looks good, just because culture makes it look good. If it's biblical, obviously it's right. But sometimes when we look at things in the culture and we ask friends and family members that are not saved, they don't even know the word of God, and they give you like the thumbs up, yeah, that's okay. And you see people that are lukewarm and they call themselves Christians and they don't live the right life and you'll be like, yeah, that's the way to live. But if it's not in the word of God, my friend, it's not right. It's not okay. It's not okay for you to date somebody that's not a Christian when you're trying to be a Christian. I know it looks good. I know your friends do it. I know you've seen lukewarm Christians do it. My friend, but it's not right. Why? Because the Bible says not to do it. It's just not right. Amen? He'll always come like a snake. He'll always come like he's supposed to be there. But my friend, if we are going to be people that prepare our minds to do what God wants us to do, then we got to go to another level. Amen? Number three, you got to live obediently. Everybody say, live obediently. And I mentioned in January that we're supposed to be doers of the word and not just hearers. And so many times, even in my own life, I heard God speak and I never did. How many ever been there? I wrote the vision down. And some of us, we've been writing that vision down, the same vision for six, seven, eight years, and it's just there. And you go back to it, and you check your life, and you're like, I haven't done nothing that I wrote down. And this is the season, like I mentioned in January, that we have to live obediently. we got to be doers of the word. Now, there is a season for everything. It might not be the season for you to do it, but what are you doing to prepare for that season? Because it, just because it's not the season to do something, my friend, does not mean that we just sit around and do nothing. No, our job, when it's not the season to do something, it's to prepare for the season. Nothing is worse than when the opportunity comes and you are not prepared for it. And so many times we blame God for it, and God turns around and says, I've been trying to prepare you for this open door for years. Everybody say prepare. prepare. So here's the prophetic checkup. Have you been a doer of the word of God? Now, we all fall short. I fall short. You fall short. But are you a person that says, man, I messed up, let me repent, and let me just do this again. God, give me the desire to do it again your way. Are we living the way we want or the way God called us to live? Are we living the way we want or the way God called us to live? I'm not saying that this is easy. In fact, it's impossible to live for God. The only way that we can live for God, you and I, is through Him. It's by Him being in our lives. It's by Him giving us the strength. Amen? Are we doing it like somebody else did it? Or are we doing it the way God told us to do it? Because so many times we see godly people, and there's nothing wrong with this. Sometimes it works, but sometimes God's not calling us to do it the way somebody else did it. God's calling us to do it the way God told us to do it. Amen? And we must hear from God and do it the way he has told us to do it. Amen? And number four, and I believe this was a warning when I said it 
in January. The Bible says, don't slip back into your old ways. This was a warning right here. Because many of us, in fact, let me just be frank. There's some people that were there in January that never came back to the church. And frankly, some of them, I haven't even heard of them. Let's put up the next slide, which is the third one. Don't slip back into your old ways. Amen? This was a warning. Now, in January, I want you to go ahead and picture yourself. Have you slipped back? Have you slipped back into your old ways? The beautiful thing about God's word is that he warns us right before the attack comes. He warns us. He warns us, hey, listen, don't slip back into your old ways. Now, if, if, if we were a people that took this word serious, because this came straight from the word of God, we should have wrote that down. So when temptation came, when that ex-boyfriend came, when that fine man came, when that fine woman came during this season, you would have known, hey, this is God's word. Don't slip back to that. I shouldn't entertain none of this stuff. Don't slip back. Now, some of us, we have slipped back. Some of us, we have slipped back. What do you do? My friend, the word of God tells us so clearly that the way to come back is to repent and come with a contrite and broken heart and God will restore everything that the enemy took away. He will. Don't allow, don't allow the enemy to condemn you and keep you worse than what you started this year. In fact, if you take heed to this word, you can be at another level by December. Because the Bible says, and I've shared this word so many times, that a righteous man falls seven times. But the only reason why a righteous man is righteous is because he gets right back up seven times. And my friend, you might have slipped back, and you may not allow the enemy to take you back, to your old ways, but this is your opportunity to take notice and, and show the enemy that you are not going to stay where you are at. That you are going to end this year better than what you started. Can somebody say amen? You can. But it goes back to what I said earlier. You have to train. Everybody say train, not try. You have to train, not try. You have to train, not try. Trying, you're not doing nothing. Training, you're doing something. If you keep on repeating the same mistake and dropping the ball over and over, it's because you're trying, you're not training. The Bible doesn't call us to try. The, God, the, the, the Bible calls us to train. Amen? Number five, it says be holy. Everybody say be holy. This Let's put on some worship music or maybe the piano player will come up. Be holy. And then I put here, it's time to go to another level. It's time to go to another level. Look what verse 15 says. By the way, we have a piano. Come on, give Jesus some praise this morning. And we don't only have a piano, we have a piano player. Amen. All right, verse 15 says, amen. Verse 15 says, be like the Holy One who called you. Be, whole, be holy yourselves in all your conduct. Be set apart from the world by your godly character and moral 
courage. Amen? It's time to go to another level. It's time to go to another level. Amen? Be holy. You know, holiness is not just how you dress. Many times we think, oh man, I, I need to dress in a suit, all that stuff. Nothing wrong with that. If you want to come to church like that, by all means do it. I don't do it because I have to set up, tear down. And, you know, when we get our own place, I might wear a suit. Amen? Be holy means do things the way God's told you to do them. That's what it means. I've seen people that dress right and wear a nice suit and and then you, you look at their lives and you see their actions and they don't even live holy. And I've seen a person that dresses like me and they're full of tattoos and they got tattoos on their face and they're more holier than the person that looks like they're holy. I've seen a person that to us may not look holy, but they live holy. They live according to what the Word of God tells them to the best of their ability, of course. And I've seen that person tatted up. Don't worry, not wearing a suit. Be more holy than the person that comes. And the reason why, my friend, it's behavior modification. It's not transformation. The guy that is all tattooed up and doesn't have a suit and probably will not even, you look at him, he won't even look like a Christian. The reason why he acts, he, he lives more holy than the person with the suit on is because he was transformed by God. And the reason why the guy in the suit that looks clean cut and knows how to say all the right things in church, the reason why he is not living the way he's supposed to because he has behavior modification. He knows how to modify his behavior when he's around the right people. And God is not calling us to have behavior modification. He is calling us to be completely transformed. Completely transformed. And of course this is a process. This is a process. You're not going to be... You know, I've been doing this for 20 years. You're not going to be at a level of a person that's been doing it for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years serving God, and you just started. It's not going to happen like that. It is a process. But my friend, if we are a people that want to be doers of the word, that want to be holy, that want to live according to the word of God, to be transformed, my friend, this is the way to do it. Every day, every single day, prepare your mind for action. Prepare your mind for action. Can somebody say amen? So here's the, the, here's the checkup. Have you gone to another level or are you at the same level? Has, has your leadership gone to another level? Are you sharper? Are you a better parent? Are you a better servant of God? Or have you decreased? Or are you at the same level? Some of us, let me just be frank, some of us, we've been at the same level for a long time. And when we are at the same level, we're not growing. We are dying. You're dying. I'm dying. God doesn't call us to stay at the same level. He calls us to go from glory to glory, from faith to faith. Amen? Now, if you've been growing, you need to keep on going. You got to keep on going. 
You have to keep on going. Amen. Let's all stand this morning. You still have a chance. Today is July. We're, we're seven months in. We've got five more months. In five more months, if you dedicate your life to go to another level, you will go to another level. You will go to another level. Amen. And here's the sad part sometimes, right? Let me just, let me just share it the way I feel it. Some of us, we know we got to change things. We just refuse to. We don't want to. Because sometimes it costs. And some of us, we've actually been in a place where God has told us, hey, you need to stop doing that. And we do it and we feel the consequences. And then we do it again and we keep on doing it and keep on doing it. And sometimes we ask God, why am I suffering? Why am I suffering? It is because you are not being obedient to how God wants you to do it. You're not doing it the way God wants you to do it. And really, it's very simple, y'all. It's in the Word. It's in the Word of God. Amen? The next five months could be the best five months of your life. The next five months could be the best five months of your life if you do it God's way. I'm not going to say the next five months is going to be the easiest because it might not be. I'm not going to say that you're not going to experience pain because God might ask you for something that you don't want to give up. But if you do it God's way, God is faithful. God is faithful to fulfill what his word has already said. He's faithful. We pay a price by being impatient. We do. I've paid prices for being impatient. We don't have to. We don't have to pay that price. Amen. Let's all lift up our hands and begin to worship Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We give you glory. We give you glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. So, Father, right now, I pray. God, for every single person in this place. I pray that you will move in a mighty way, Jesus. I pray that you will move in a mighty way, God. Oh, Lord, God, I pray against everything that is causing someone, God, not to go to another level, God. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus, that you will begin to impart within us, God, a passion for you, God. That anything, God, that we have to repent of, that we repent now. Anything that is stopping us from going to another level, God, I pray, God, that you will remove it now in Jesus' name. I pray, God, that we will come with a heart of worship, that we will come with a submitted heart to you and to your word, that we will come, oh Lord Jesus, that we will come before you, God, ready to surrender. And God, we understand there are times, Father God, God, there are things that are certain, it's just not easy, but God, give us the strength. Because you are a gracious God, you are a merciful God, you are a loving God.
And we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. God, we come against all condemnation, God. All condemnation. And I pray, Father God, God, that you will replace that condemnation with conviction, God. Because condemnation will remove them from you, God. It will remove me from you, God. But conviction will bring me closer to you, Jesus. Bring me closer to your way. Hallelujah, Jesus. We give you glory. We give you glory, Jesus. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender everything to you. I surrender my heart. I surrender my life. I want to do it your way. I don't want to do it my way. I pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give Jesus some praise this morning. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. We're going to go ahead and... Uh, Pick up our tithes and offering. If this is your first time here, don't feel obligated uh, to give this morning. But if you call U-Turn Covenant your church, this is your opportunity uh, to be faithful in your giving. Amen? And uh, there's three ways that you can give this morning. If we can put the slide up. Amen. You could go to myuturnorlando.com. You could text GIVE to 833-593-1454. And then also... Thank you all for listening. Be sure to stop in for a whole new podcast. We love you, familia.